0: Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, our production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cack ex- executives right after they put out important news. And today is a big one. It's out of Data Metrics. With us is the CEO, Marshall Gunter. Data Metrics trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the stock symbol DM. And for our friends in Europe, under D4G. And for our friends in the US, DTMXF. For those of you who are new to the story and those of you who know the story, uh, Data Metrics is primarily an artificial intelligence company that uh, is hired on by governments and government agencies to detect uh, fake news and disinformation that takes place in social media around the world. Their clients do include the Canadian federal government, the U.S. Air Force, and even Latte, a $2.6 billion South Korean multinational conglomerate. Uh, just recently, they announced that they are working with U.S. government agencies to modern social uh, to monitor social media disinformation surrounding coronavirus and, and COVID. They actually issued a pretty important rele- news release on uh, how China was participating in that. But the big news today, the big news today, I'm going to read the headline Data Metrics obtains rights to import and sell COVID 19 test kits from South Korea. Marshall, welcome to the show. Glad to be back. Hey, we're, we're glad to have you back. You're on just a couple of weeks ago, and I <laughs> yep. didn't think we'd have you back this fast, but this is really big news. Let's get right to it. You're primarily, from what we know, focused on artificial intelligence. You're your monitoring social media for fake news and disinformation. Tell us how exactly this arose for these COVID test kits. Sure, George.
1: So what happened was... Um Data Metrics does a lot of business through the years in Seoul and South Korea. So as you mentioned, we work with Latte Corp. We work with a lot of subsidiaries of theirs and we have very deep business contacts in that community, including with uh, you know, bio firms and pharmaceutical firms. And we have been in talks with the Korean government for quite some time now. So we have very deep roots there. So when all this went down, the Canadian Embassy in Seoul came to us and, and said, look, do you think you could help us make these contacts and get, this, uh, get some of these test kits into Canada where they are sorely needed? And, you know, because they, we do security work with the Canadian government, we're already cleared, um, we have security clearances so they can talk freely with us. And they knew that we also had the deep business ties in South Korea, particularly in Seoul, where this is all being done. So it was kind of just, you know, a perfect fit. You know, we do um, online security and, you know, security for companies in South Korea. And the way this is being viewed is uh, by the government and approached by the government is as a health security issue. So it doesn't surprise me that they came to us as we have, you know, been in business with both sides for a very long time. And, you know, we were already primed and ready to go. So they approached us, we said we will do our best to see what we can do to put this together, and we were able to pull it off.
0: Well, when you put it that way, because I gotta admit, putting me in the corner of people who first saw the press, we said, okay, this is great, but how does an artificial intelligence, especially a, a software company, uh, create this almost hardware uh, relationship and this opportunity? But when you put it that way, it's not a case of software, it's not a case of hardware. This is actually a security issue, and- yeah. You guys are cleared. I mean, you presented at NATO. You've been hired by U.S. government agencies. So you're pre-screened and, got, and you got security clearance everywhere. So I'm glad you clarified it because that really makes a lot of sense. And these aren't just any test kits, right? Because we're seeing some you know, some BS online where people say you know, the, there are shysers out there. Obviously, this is one of them, but they're trying to talk about they've got test kits. They've got test kits. Uh, how does the ILAMP compare to other test kits? Because you had some pretty amazing facts in the press release about it.
1: So if you've been following the news out of Korea, um, they are probably, if not the most successful country at containing uh, this virus. This particular test kit is built by a group there called I1Bio and they had previously had this approved for other strains of coronavirus going all the way back of August of last year. So this kit and, and the technology behind it is proven. Now why does it stand out and why is it so effective? It is a 20 minute result. So this is the one that you saw in the news where you heard about the Koreans being able to just do drive through testing, this is it. So when I'm we all talk seen the about the, the testing at ports of entry in Korea, this is it. So one kit can test up to, I believe it's 288 um, different people in one single kit. So the Koreans have really successfully deployed this at say, Airports and other ports of entry, where you can, if you have a staff that's on the ball, they can test an entire airliner in like an hour. And so you can effectively, you know, segregate people that are uh, infected with this or at the port of entry before they get in, and you could do it with people that are leaving. So it's been extraordinarily effective and it's also extraordinarily accurate. So the accuracy numbers are 99.9%. Now, this is not a data metrics number. This is the number that is put out by the Korean GMP, which is their equivalent of the, like the FDA. This number has also been verified by Dan University in Seoul, South Korea. So this accuracy number has been verified by the Korean government and also independently verified by a Korean academic research institution.
0: If I had to sum it up, this is the real deal this is it this is this is the this is the mercedes of test kits
1: as it stands today this is it
0: uh and i'm glad actually because the one thing i i not that I had a concern about but when it said that this kit had been used to test every traveler entering south korea i did start envisioning okay that's great first of all and you got to do what you got to do but i was envisioning lineups for hours people either at a border Uh, Not that we have planes flying in right now, but, you know, people at airports lined up for hours. But you're saying that from the numbers you're given, 288 people, you can essentially do most planes in an hour, hour and a half. So you don't have that bottleneck. Therefore, you're not going to get a lot of pushback on it either.
1: That is correct. So it would be, you know, it may. So it adds an extra hour to your time. But, uh, you know, I would certainly take that over spreading this pandemic any further.
0: Yeah you, yeah, you and me both. But sometimes you, we saw those nightmare scenarios in U.S. Customs two, three weeks ago where, you know, people were coming off planes and you had literally a thousand people packed into a waiting area. And that just kind of defeated the whole purpose as well because they just couldn't process them fast enough. And everyone's infecting everyone while they're just standing there. So, you know, having, right. the, primo, you know, the, having the speed of this test kit is pretty incredible. Now, we can't put the cart before the horse either, though, because you still require approval from Health Canada. We understand from the from the press from the press release that it is being fast tracked. Uh, do you have any sense of what fast track means? You may not know because that's an internal process. But I'm going to ask. You know, what does that potential timeline look like? Do you have any sense of that?
1: Uh, r- right now, we currently do not. Uh, we're not privy to the inner workings of Health Canada and how they work or how they do it. And they have not yet released to us the timeline. Um, But it has been with them uh, since before, you know, way before this press release went out. This was submitted to to Health Canada many days ago. Uh, And it is being requested, like I said, we were approached by the Canadian Embassy in Seoul at the request of Canadian governments, including provincial governments. So I can't imagine that they're not doing everything in their power to get this through. Um, But that is, you know, I can't definitively speak to that. I can only speculate. But Health Canada will set out a timeline as soon as they're prepared.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty accurate inference. I don't think there's anyone in the world that would argue that that would argue with with those numbers. Let's talk numbers if we can. Okay, obviously you can't project anything, and you know, this is a moving—you know—this whole situation is a very fluid, moving uh, situation. But do you have a sense of what this might mean for the bottom line? For example. Is it unreasonable to assume that a government will want to test, okay, ideally Canada would love to test everybody in the country, you know, 37, 38 million people probably can't do that because you've talked about little kids, really, really old people, but what's a reasonable number that you might expect uh, number of tests that could take place in a country like Canada? Is it 10% of the population, 30% of the population is at over 12 to 18 months? What's your sense of that just to, If you have one at all right now,
1: well, I'm no epidemiologist myself by trade. Um, Mm -hmm. So I can't definitively answer that with any kind of uh, medical background. But, you know, the numbers we're seeing coming out of, say, Korea and stuff, they are testing upwards of 10 to 20% in certain areas of the population, even going up to 30% in other areas. And this is, you know, if you want to effectively quarantine, those are the numbers we're gonna to have to replicate in Canada. Uh, whereas, you know, we, we're not quite as densely populated overall as a country, but we are certainly densely populated in certain pockets. Um, you know, some of the cities, Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary, you know, all these larger cities, people yeah. are literally living right on top of each other. And how do you quarantine people when they can't even walk out of their front door to take the trash out without running into somebody else so you will need to do that for these populations so i would imagine and when we get into the you know the united states we're on a track with the fda the same thing right now and they are in a much more uh dire situation down there if you look at the the numbers coming out now and you can also we've got a dashboard on DataMetrics.com uh slash covid if you want to you know uh keep up with those numbers on a daily basis but the penetration levels in the united states are way higher than they are in canada so you're talking when i say penetration levels you're talking about you know infections per million people is much much higher so they're going to have to do even more testing and they have areas that are so you know like say new york which if you've been watching the news has just been destroyed by this virus that are way more densely populated than anything we have in Canada. So I can't imagine there's there going to be a demand going away for quite some time.
0: Uh, and I How about know- supply though, Marshall, if I can talk to you for that for a second. So sometimes what do they say, you know, be careful what you wish for. So yeah. if you get the Canadian government saying, listen, guys, we want to, our goal is to test 25% of our population in the next, you know, six months or whatever that might be. You're, you're talking about, uh, you know, 10 million, close to 10 million people just in, just in Canada. And if you want to even pull off 10% in the U S you know, that's 38 million people. Mm -hmm. Do you have, what's your sense of your supply, your supply chain and the actual, the company you mentioned earlier, sorry, I forgot their name, but the producer of the machine, what's their capacity look like?
1: Well, their capacity is looking pretty good right now. Like we're in the process of securing 1 million units and that's just a start. Um, Again, we're just securing the units right now. We, have, again, have to wait on approval from Health Canada and um, and the FDA. But that would be a, a roaring start uh, to this as far as we're concerned. Um, if they can give away a million units now, then Korea has got this pretty well under control. So their manufacturing is going to be completely shifted towards these and moving into these other markets, especially the United States, which is, you know, 10 times uh, the market size of South Korea. So while I, I do not think we will be able to push out, say, I don't know, 50 million units in the first week, we certainly will be able to, you know, with the, well, the Koreans, not data metrics, but I won bio will certainly be able to rise to a significant amount of demand as they're already ramping up to do this.
0: Now, last question is this doesn't seem like it's going to be a flash in the pan situation either is it accurate for you to are you guys assuming that this is going to be 12 to 18 months minimum in other words does this does this testing program work keep working right until a vaccine and maybe even after that because just because you have vaccine you still have to take the time to vaccinate an entire population so is this a 18 to 24 month runway here on this product
1: I believe it's probably 18 to 24 months myself. Like I said, I'm no epidemiologist, but you've seen numbers come out. Just a story came out today in the American News saying that they may be uh, under quarantine until 2022. Um, so those are some of the projections that
0: are coming God out. God forbid, Next- as much <laughs> as I'd love it to to benefit yeah. data metrics at the end of the day, God forbid we're all under quarantine like that. Otherwise, I don't know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, we're all going to be crazy after two years. Yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to have to secure crazy pills from another from another. Another Korean supplier.
1: Yeah, I'll help with my wife, who is a clinical psychologist. Um, so, no, there will. I do foresee demand for, for several years for this. It, bare minimum, until there's a vaccine available, they will have to do testing. And even when there's not, even when the vaccine comes out, even there's a period after that where you still have to contain it and wait for the thing to burn out. And we're only talking about, you know, north american market right now with the us and canada we're they severely behind in parts of europe parts of latin america parts of south america that are i mean just now getting started as we speak to barely test anyone so there's certainly going to be a demand in there um, as this expands globally and i can't imagine the demand going away in any less than 18 months
0: well, I got to tell you, uh, Marshall. I mean, when you start talking about other countries, that seems like a a whole other ball game. I can't even imagine the infrastructure you got set up. But in the meantime, if it's just Canada and the U.S. that you're able to service uh, pretty effectively, that alone is a company maker of of epic proportions. We have to wait to see what that looks like. But Sorry, you know, no. congratulations what you've done up until now. I do want to make sure. You know we kind of repeat for when at home so no one gets too carried away yet that you know we still need uh, uh clearance from uh, approval by health canada uh and the and uh, and i'm sure the same is the the same thing goes for the us but this is an amazing first step it's an incredible relationship for an incredible product and uh i guess the next i don't know when that'll be i don't know if it'll be tomorrow or over the weekend or next week but i'm assuming we're probably gonna have you back on when You've uh, you've secured what only logically seems like you're gonna get those approvals because th- these governments need them. But in the meantime, well done. And just another feather in the cap of uh, of your leadership there at Data Metrics and what you've been able to do in this entire year just on the security side of artificial intelligence, let alone this.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it certainly is. We're very happy here at Data Metrics. Uh, even you know, as much as this is growing a business, it's also helping people. And uh, that's Hi. important to us. And I just wanted to say, you know, it's not just me. This is the, the entire team worked really hard on this. So uh, we want to give a lot of credit to Andrew, Yu, and to Jeff Stevens and to also one of our directors, Zachary Devereaux, who worked tirelessly on this uh, to get it out there. But we hey. are certainly having a good day and we're certainly very happy with this start and we'll uh, see how it goes from here.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought the team there for a second because that's inferred when I say it, but I'm glad you brought it up specifically. And look, you know, there's a lesson here for the small cap investor world, which is there are times when, you know, small cap teams just aren't successful. They try as hard as they can. And, you know, the nature of being a small cap is you're not a conglomerate. You know, sometimes just doesn't happen on your timeline and resources run out before you actually achieve your goal. And as a result, I think sometimes small cap executives get a really hard time more than what they deserve and I'm really happy for Jeff and Andrew, you know, who for a while were getting a really hard time but they've, you know, they they kept working hard, they pivoted, brought you in, smart enough to make you the CEO because this is your specialty and now, you know, everyone's benefiting. So, congrats guys because that's a that's a great thing. Thank you. You've been watching Marshall, you've been watching Marshall Gunter, CEO at Data Matrix AI, the company trades on TSX Venture Exchange under the stock symbol DM for our friends in the US, DTMXF, and for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under D4G. Now, for everyone at home, we got a lot of time for our hands, and it's getting a little boring watching Netflix and streaming all the time. You've got that extra time to do great due diligence. Well, you've watched through video or if you've been doing by podcast, you've heard what Marshall had to say. Take the time, do your due diligence, dig into that press release, get into a GoreCom, read all the company's information about, I mean, if you haven't discovered Data Matrix, just, just the press releases put out in the last 60 days have been amazing if you put this aside. You know, really get immersed with the company and then participate in the community. It's a modern forum, post your questions. Marshall and the team will be there to answer them for you. And when you have a company that provides that kind of access and that kind of transparency. Is it a surprise that you're seeing this kind of news today? Because obviously the team is very confident. Take advantage, do your due diligence. And for everyone, stay home, stay healthy, keep our frontline people as safe as possible. See you next time.